On this episode of Hit the Deck, the Launch Space Group in Massachusetts are teachers of trades, and 202 Street Hockey is trading up. There's a league called the 202 Street Hockey Association, and there's a company called Launch Space, and they love the idea of deck hockey, so they went before the board and proposed the uh, new rink to be built. And... Here at Hit the Deck, we're all about spreading the game to a new audience. How's two billion people strike you? The World Ball Hockey Federation, based in Toronto, asked Bobby Hauser to go to China and spend about a year there teaching deck hockey to kids and, and spreading the word. Plus, Alexander the Great is invading China, and he's bringing his balls with him. One of the best players in the world is uh, representing the big league of the NHL. I think he was there for like a week or two, was Alex Ovechkin. He was teaching ball hockey to the young people of China. All this and more coming up on this episode of Hit the Deck. Game on! Welcome to episode one. 48 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers, and do you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say it has been somewhere between six and eight days since we last spoke to you, but that's okay, because it felt like no more than five to seven days. So uh, that being the case, we are here. We're back on the, the proverbial horse, the, the auditory means of equine conveyance. And we are, we are here ready to talk to you and ready to give you our all and our level best and everything we gots to give. And who is the we in that equation? Well, I'll tell you right now, we is ready for the starting lineup. So for tonight's starting lineup, in goal, as ever, I am number 35, your American rhino, Gary McComiskey. And of course, my steadfast co-host. On defense number four, I'm James Sejazy. How you doing, buddy? Hanging in there, sir. How about yourself? Old, old buddy, old pal of mine. Old, uh, old salt. Old so-and-so, old kumquat, uh, I've, I don't know. I've run out of euphemisms for friends. I appreciate it, but um, sporting a really cool new hit-the-deck shirt given to me by the American Rhino, which I very much appreciate, and I think it looks really cool. It does look good, and it has, in fact, gotten a good response on our social media, which you were so kind as to post up there for everyone to see. So, I don't know. Maybe that's something that we can put out for purchase. Let's let's uh, let's discuss this you and I off air and see if that's something that we want to do. Sounds good, sir. All right. But since this is not, in fact, off air, this is very much on air. Have you been otherwise? Uh, The analogy of getting beaten up like uh, Seth Rollins last week from Brock Lesnar has subsided a little bit. So that's good. And uh, speaking of SummerSlam and stuff, I'm glad that Seth Rollins usually what happens is leading up to the event, the guy that gets beaten up wins, and I'm glad that he did beat Lunkhead Lesnar. Uh, how have you, have you been? I mean, you were fighting a cold last week and still sounded great on the uh, on the podcast. Uh, how's it going? Um, okay, I'm still fighting. I've uh, advanced to a, a further down the road stage of said cold. Uh, it's now moved down to my chest. 
and it's just a uh, periodic cough. And I won't go into any more detail because, you know, none of our listeners want to be grossed out about my cold. So I'll leave that well enough alone. But yeah, otherwise, I've, I've been pretty well. You know, thank you. Thank you for asking. I it's been business as usual over here in the American Rhino household. I've got to say nothing really super exciting. Uh, I did watch SummerSlam as you you alluded to just now, the the event having just happened. It was in Toronto. There was uh, we were just talking off air about how even though you did not watch it, you read the reviews and you 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 heard that it was a very good show indeed. And and I would say, in fact, it, it was by and large. And uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun and it was a good show. And uh, yeah, I, I don't have anything too engaging or, you know, revelatory to say about SummerSlam. Although I will say, just as an aside, I feel like, you know, of all the wrestling event pay-per-view names for for these things that they have, I think they all try to sound intimidating to a degree. Just, you know, that's the nature of the sport. But I feel like SummerSlam is is almost the most wrestling of all the names if if you know it's because i say SummerSlam, and what i want to say is SummerSlam. like you know it 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 feels like appropriately cheesy as a name for you know it's 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 just corny enough as a name for a wrestling event and i i, I feel like that's okay i like that right <laughs> it's Truth in advertising. You know, you can have your elimination chambers and your your hells in a cell and, you know, your uh, money's in the bank. And uh, I don't know. Clash of Champions is, I believe, the next one. You, you can have all of those. Judgment Day is an old one. And, uh, you know, I, keep, I just keep going because there's so many different names for pay-per-views that they've had over the years. But I feel like SummerSlam is a super wrestling thing. And I just, I don't know. It tickles me. I enjoy saying it that way. <laughs> That's how it should be said by all. Like, I feel like it should be accompanied by an advertisement for a monster truck rally in the parking lot of a 7-Eleven. Like, you know, <laughs> SummerSlam, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Don't miss the Crusher taking on the Emancipator. <laughs> parking lot of a 7-Eleven. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if such things happen, but I imagine... Like, when I think of the South, that's what I imagine. Monster truck rallies held in the parking lot of a, well, maybe a Walmart, because Walmart's a big thing now. Oh. Um, I don't know. All right. Be there. I I'm, wouldn't really call myself a, a gearhead because I'm not very good with tools and fixing my own car, but mm -hmm. uh, I have been to Englishtown a few times and to uh, Raceway Park, and, and yeah, that that's it's a lot of fun and it's cool, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Raceway Park. <laughs> that was a commercial. That was an old commercial for Raceway. I, I've never been to Raceway Park. I assume it's a track of some sort. Yes. I just remember the commercials from when I was a child, when the maniacal laughter would precede somebody saying Raceway Park as if they were in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Right. And uh, it's just, it, it's a car lover's dream. And speaking of the parking lot, just, just the, the cars that people drive there too were amazing. 
and then you get to see these supercars race each other and it's so loud and energetic and and you get the fuel and all that so yeah now, now you're getting me excited about cars and stuff but i guess we'll get back to uh, hockey which ones are the funny cars are those the ones that do like the drag races yes they have the um i've had some matchbox and hot wheels funny cars uh, they uh, uh-huh. the whole top it's basically an engine and mm-hmm. with with big exhaust pipes and then they have a huge parachute at the back because it goes so fast and so quickly and so much torque and stuff like that so yes those are the funny cars where the entire top lifts off it's not just the hood it's the whole car frame that lifts up so they can get to it's basically a jet in in a car why they call it a funny car i don't know but it's pretty remarkable the engineering and the skill that goes into maintaining those things and racing them keeping them straight and not wiping out it's 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 really remarkable funny how am i a clown car here to amuse you exactly i've never actually seen goodfellas but uh i'm i'm glad i seem to have pulled it off cheers you could have fake it till you make it joe pesci would be very proud i've got to be honest i know more about good feathers from animaniacs than i do about (laughs) goodfellas and the thing I know Joe Pesci best from is Home Alone. So, like, <laughs> I mean, you know, my cousin Vinny, a classic, yeah, of course. Sure, but, sure. yeah, I've never seen never seen Goodfellas. Uh, yeah. But, you know, that is an iconic scene. So I am, of course, familiar with it. There you go. Fair enough. Uh, we're yeah, 10 minutes into this podcast, and I have no idea what we're talking about. That makes the two of us. How about you, listener? Are you hanging in there? Do you have any idea what we're talking about? Can you throw us a line here? Help can we phone a friend <laughs> is that like what what was that that was uh who wants to be a millionaire was yes. that that had those lifeline things is that show still on the air probably in some shape or form i feel like all these shows stick around long after they're popular yeah and then there's also on cable there are more than one game show networks i know i know mm. one is called game show network and then the other one is gsn two th- yeah uh and and they have reruns of old game shows Mm-hmm. From all decades, 70s, 80s, 90s. So I think the original Who Wants to Be a Millionaire is on that. But uh, I don't know if it's still in some sort of syndication or whatever the case is. I don't have time to watch TV as much as I used to. So, you know, I can't really vouch if, if, or say if it is or isn't. But I wouldn't be surprised if it is. You know what I miss? Nick Gass. I don't think that's still around. Nick Gass oh. was stood for Games and Sports, which was basically they'd rerun old Nickelodeon game shows like, uh, you know, obviously your your doubles dare, your uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple, your uh, Nick's Arcade, your um, guts. Do, 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 do you have it? Guts. I dug Mike O'Malley, man. I It always tickles me. See, I think Mike O'Malley is actually an actor, and occasionally he pops up on some show or other, and it always tickles me to see him. I remember him, the first time I saw him on a thing post-Guts was, um, it was not long after I got married, so that was 14 years ago, and he was on a show with Christian Slater called my own worst enemy yes and they played like cia not cia specifically but like secret government operatives who were trained as like you know black ops assassin types and they were so secret 
that they were secrets even to themselves because they had been conditioned mentally with like split personalities. So when someone would call them on the phone and say a code phrase, they would wake up and become this operative. And then when the mission was complete, they would go back to being a, a normal person who had no idea what, you know, their, their, their double life was all about. And something malfunctioned in Christian Slater's programming where he kept waking up as the, like uh, the, the I'm waving my hand now as if that means anything at all. I'm, I'm, I'm apparently trying to do a one handed paddle to the words that I'm searching for. He would wake up in the middle of missions as like this hapless, you know, nobody who, who didn't know a thing about what he was doing. And, and it caused all kinds of problems for him. So it only lasted, I think, half a season. But Mike O'Malley was, was like his co-star on that. So that's a really long walk to a really lame payoff. But I enjoy seeing Mike O'Malley pop up is what I'm saying. He, he did a run on Glee. He, uh, he was just on the last season of the good place. It's, you know, it, I like him. I, I think, I think he's an enjoyable dude. Hey, hockey's a sport. <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's the most tangentially related thing I can grasp for James, but any port in a storm, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I I did uh I'm I'm sure we've talked about this on the podcast before but what? a couple of years ago I did go to the Cyclones game where they had the Nickelodeon night and I got myself a like Nickelodeon themed t-shirt and it was and I I got a piece of the aggro crag James I got a piece of the crag yes and you were very generous in sharing that with the listener and I believe you posted it up on our Instagram page. So yeah, please, I think I did Yeah, check that out. And, but the cool thing, didn't you win a Jersey too? a, a game used Jersey? I did. Yeah. I, uh, was that double dare themed? I don't remember, but yeah, I threw in, you know, I, I, I bought a ticket for the raffle. They, they raffle like I would assume many minor league organizations in a effort to raise money for stuff when they have these, big one night only promotions where they have custom jerseys made up they will raffle them off at the end of the night so i bought a ticket and or probably several tickets and i got one i i won one so in my closet next to all of my hockey jerseys and my baseball jerseys there is a uh, a game worn brooklyn cyclones jersey that uh, is in the style of some nickelodeon something or other i don't remember double dare i think but i can't say for sure well you gotta go check out the instagram and see yeah that's a good call yeah go <laughs> go check out our instagram and look back a couple of years and it'll be there somewhere along with my piece of the aggro crag oh my goodness we've gone very very far afield indeed of what we were supposed to be talking about so let's try and pull this train back on track and uh maybe we can get into what's on deck for this podcast let's go to mo Select deck. Wait, you're not Mo. Oh. You're you're James. <laughs> Should I restart? Yeah, all right. Well, since you're not Mo and you're not gonna give me the results of the guts challenge, I I, I guess I'll just have to put it to you then, James, to tell us please what's on deck for this podcast. Well, apologies for not being Mo. That's okay. We can't all be Mo. Actually, in fact, I assume only one of us can be Mo. And uh, that's if she's listening. 
So let's assume, let's play the odds and assume that none of us, in fact, can be Mo. So in, in that case, I'm happy to have you as James. Thank you. All right, enough stalling. Tell us what's on deck, please. Select deck. A deck league in Massachusetts called the 202 Street Hockey Association will be getting a brand new rink to play in. Members of the league went before the select board in July for the OK, and they got it. Chinese Deckers. From one of American Rhino's favorite towns, a ball hockey great from... Lemonster Kid! Is spending a year in China to promote deck hockey in plenty of time before the 2022 Olympics. And it's Alex in sneakers. Hockey superstar Alex Ovechkin also visited China, but as an NHL ambassador and showed him how it's done on deck. And that's what's on deck. Thanks, Mo. I mean, James. <laughs> You're welcome. When I hear uh, Mo, I think of the Three Stooges, by the way. But. I think of Mo Willems, who I saw at a Cyclones game last year. Ah, yes. <laughs> Mo Willems being a children's author. He has written books such as the uh, Nuffle Bunny series, the Pigeon series, and the Piggy and Gerald series. For all, all you of parents which out there. My daughter was a big fan of. So, you know, uh, that, uh, they're, they're, it's good stuff. And, and now I have... Uh, I have a pigeon cyclones bobblehead, so that's neat. Yeah, some of the giveaways are really cool. Agreed, yes. Like my piece of the aggro crag. I don't know why I keep calling that back as if it's like the be-all, end-all, but I don't even know where it is. It's in a box somewhere, but uh, I got it. It's mine. Well, before we get into the great news of the 202 Street Hockey Association getting a new rink, that is like a prop, so... It's not just a giveaway. It's something that, you know, we're, we're both big Star Trek fans. Like if you were given a, a communicator or something that mm. was fashioned like the original series. So that's a really special, really very cool piece, which I believe you had to buy a special ticket for too, correct? Yeah, it was a special package. Yeah, yes. so definitely worth it. One of the all-time best giveaways because it's something that is, again, like a, uh, like a prop. Rivaled perhaps only by last year's giveaway from the the Nickelodeon night where I got an Olmec statue and a shrine of the silver monkey silver monkey puzzle from legends of the hidden temple oh, this is fun going down memory lane legends of the hidden temple you think uh MTV and or Nickelodeon or Viacom or something will, will sponsor us didn't they just buy CBS or vice versa or something they just merged with CBS Oh, you mean Disney didn't buy something? Somebody else bought something? Yes. Wow. That's... I'm telling you, James, we're, we're just, we're swiftly on our way to just having the company. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be uh, by and large from, from the Pixar franchise. But in the meantime, we still have deck hockey, which is good. <laughs> and, uh... Yes. By and large, deck hockey is good. So I guess Milek, would, would, would that be the, um, I mean, it's, as we said, is the godfather of of ball hockey and street hockey, so maybe they're the the big conglomerate in the world of our sport. But that uh, they're 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 the good guys, so we're in good hands at least. And you know, being in their backyard, going up in Massachusetts again, one of the best hockey towns there is, and hockey states, they have really done it again, and another really great story to share with uh, the listeners out there. So there's a league called the 202 Street Hockey Association, and they've kind of been displaced over the years. They've been around since, I believe, 1994 was their, their first year as, as a league. 
and then in 97 they became a nonprofit organization and they have a lot of kids and, and members of the 202 and by the way guess what the divisions are broken up in oh no say it ain't so james <laughs> yep it's the chipmunk it's the penguin and the cadet so uh, wait chipmunk yeah. oh, wait wasn't it beaver yes it was beaver i'm sorry i blew that one but, uh, yeah beaver and i did do research over the week too i didn't find anything official as to why they have the league names the way they are but it seems to be consistent so it's even in the u.s i thought maybe it was just canadian but it's uh, that's just the way they they call the divisions for whatever reason broken down by age yeah it's it's the beaver the penguin and cadet oh it's spreading what is the hockey community coming to I don't know, but I should do more homework and be up on our our subject on the podcast. Where was this 202 hockey thing happening, James? So they are, again, in Athol. I don't know how to pronounce that properly. It's <laughs> You watch your language, sir. This yeah, is a family podcast. A-T-H-O-L, Massachusetts. But I do think that they aren't far from your favorite place, Lemonster. Kid. Yep. And a couple of other areas. But anyway, they're in Massachusetts. And what happened was there's a company called Launch Space, mm-hmm. which is a great company. Did some research on them too. And what they do is provide training for people looking for work or looking for, for new skills to get back into the workforce, which is mm. very important. And they just provide the space and the area for a shop for people to hone their skills and learn and do things of that nature. So it's very educational. and They're a non-for-profit organization as well. So they were behind this because they, I believe how it works is they own the area where the deck hockey rink is going to go. And they love the idea of deck hockey because as we said many a time, that it's such an excellent tool to teach. And Again, you take the skating out of the equation and you just play the game and you learn camaraderie, you learn teamwork, you're keeping in shape and just good, good stuff. And they love that too, which, which is consistent with what they're doing. So they went before the board and proposed the uh, new rink to be built. They estimate it to be around $100,000 and they've already started a fundraising for it. And we'll put a link up to the uh, GoFundMe and, and so on and so forth. But they were given the okay by the board members. So I believe it's Lemonster, Fitchburg, and Winchington. Pardon for not pronouncing these places correctly. James, it's, it's yeah. pronounced Lemonster Kid. Yeah, I'm, I'm 0 for 3. So I apologize to the good people of Massachusetts. I just want to note, I've never actually been to Massachusetts. or you know, And I have zero familiarity with any of these places. I just really like saying it. <laughs> and we love hearing it. Oh, and James, if I did go to Massachusetts, though, you know, I wonder if these launch space people could teach us how to construct a deck hockey rink, because that's a skill I'd like to learn. And if anybody could master it, it's the American Rhino. And if you don't know what we're talking about, please go check out our YouTube page, because the American Rhino shares his skills many ways, which making a scoreboard helping out people with broken hockey sticks and making them new again and so on and so forth it's great stuff go check it out and yes if anybody could build his own rink by himself it's the american rhino so maybe launch space could help us out with that too that would be cool yeah i'll have to think about putting another one of those together i haven't done one of those in a while oh, the sneakers i too, yeah, yeah the, the sneakers 
I was, when I got my new used pads that I was working on restoring a couple years ago, I took a lot of video footage for that, but I never finished that. So I don't know if that video is ever going to see the light of day. All right. Well, hopefully something to look forward to. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. But uh, getting back to the 202 Hockey Association, the quote of their new deck rink includes construction of the rink itself, obviously, player boxes, a scoreboard, and lighting, too. Nice. Yeah. Again, they've already started the fundraising. They hope to have the rink done by September because, again, they have about 200 players in their league. So they want these kids to pick up the season right where they left off because, as they said, they were already displaced a couple of times. They don't want to move anymore, and they want a permanent home and a safe environment, and this is going to do it. And everybody, the best part is the board voted unanimously for it. So, again, they love hockey. They love deck hockey in Massachusetts. They do it right. And just another example of why maybe we should be uh, looking to move to Massachusetts and your favorite place. Lemons the kid! And uh, join in the deck hockey fun. You know, these guys sound like, I don't know, like the Israelites wandering the hockey desert looking for a place to to call home permanently. It's true. I mean, you know, we all remember that time when Moses went up the mountain and they started worshiping lacrosse for a while. But but <laughs> by and large, I think they they deserve a place to to settle down. Yeah. And the uh, people that hold the purse strings agreed too. so good for launch space, good for the 202 and good for everybody involved. Well done. I shouldn't be smirch lacrosse. I mean, it's a apparently a, a very high skill sport. And one that I do not have. So I, I'm not I'm not trying to knock lacrosse players. It's just, I don't know. I just needed a punchline and there it was. And well done. <laughs> it was, I thought it was very appropriate too. So. Yeah, it's okay. I'm, you, I'm not, I'm not fishing for praise here, James. I'm just, <laughs> just trying to explain myself. I think there's a, a lot of crossover between lacrosse gear and street hockey gear, at least on the websites that I frequent when looking for it. You know, I know some of the guys that we've played with have actually preferred lacrosse gloves, which are smaller than your regular hockey gloves, because it gives you a little more feel for the stick and a little more control and not playing with a hard rubber or plastic puck. You, you, you know, you don't have the need for as much protection there. And uh, I know the backpack that I got, to haul my stuff to and from the rink that was designed as a lacrosse backpack and you know there's there's other considerations pants and pads and such you know elbow and shin and you know so perhaps even helmets so there's uh i i I think it's as a, a good a sport to reach for as any i guess I know, I know you never actually questioned the, uh, the, the use by me of lacrosse in, in that little analogy, but uh, I feel the need to justify it nevertheless, completely needlessly. I don't know why I, I feel like I need to stretch and pad this bit out, but uh, there we are. No, it's true. Uh, unfortunately, we live in an age where people are overly sensitive and news travels way too fast and people don't know how to laugh at themselves anymore. So it did make sense. And lacrosse, yes, definitely you can 
view them as cousins, lacrosse and deck hockey. So I agree with you 100% too, that a lot of times you'll see a company, even Hagen Hockey and, and stuff like that, that, that we've promoted and, and seen and, and have talked about, that it's lacrosse gear and, and deck hockey gear hand in hand, absolutely. So it, it's just a funny little joke. And if there's a lacrosse player listening or a company that makes both equipment, for both sports, it's all cool, okay? <laughs> Stop attacking me for my choice of humor, James. <laughs> I was just trying to make a little funny. Will you cut me some slack here? Yeah, if we keep this up, they're going to ban us and we're going to have to leave the country and maybe go to China and hang out for a while. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't think my brand of humor would play in China very well. well hopefully nobody would understand English so we could fit right in. I don't know. English is 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 one of those languages that is taught all over the world because it is one of the international languages of business. So, you know, I think there's probably a lot of educated people in China who would probably not take too kindly to, I don't know, my irreverent style. All right. So we'll just stick to New York. <laughs> where we blend in perfectly. But if we were to go to China, we'd be following some great company. And uh, this young man comes from a line of, speaking of uh, Milek and ball hockey history, a young man, Bobby Hauser, his father, Chris, back in the early 70s, was a partner with Ray Leclerc, the owner of Milek, and he helped develop street hockey as we know it. What? Yeah, so now his son, Bobby, fast forward to now, about 45 years later. Thank you. We're here now. Yeah. So, uh, Bobby Hauser is considered one of the, the best. It's a lot of tape, 45 years. Yes, it was. Impressive how fast it went and it didn't break either. Well, you know, technology has evolved to the point where I don't even know. Well, hey, I don't even know where to go with that joke. Leave it to the American Rhino because back in our uh, college days, that's where I met Gary and, and uh, was honored to uh, be his friend since. Not only is he an excellent goalie and a great guy, but he's an engineer extraordinaire. And the uh, radio station that we cut our teeth on in college, needed all the tender love and care it could get, and the American Rhino really brilliantly kept it together very well. And so eternally grateful for everybody who was on that radio station from that point on. It's all thanks to Gary, so thank you, sir, for that. And if anybody could preserve 45 years of tape, it's you. I miss that little production booth, Studio B, that we had at the radio station. Although I will say, while I loved that reel-to-reel and that horrible little mixer that we had, the funniest thing that I, you know, I will never forget was, see, when, when I was doing production back at WSJU, that was right when writable CDs were becoming kind of available, widespread available for people to use. And this was, you know, it had just emerged as a common technology and discs were like a dollar a piece, you know, blank CDs were like a dollar a piece. And the radio station had purchased what very plainly said on the burner, a professional 
<laughs> CD burner or, you know, CD recorder, I guess it was what it said. But it, it, it clearly said professional on the item. Now, here, listener, here's a little tip. If you're not aware, if you have a piece of equipment that says professional on it, it isn't. <laughs> I swear to you, remember, remember how, how expensive I said these discs were it like it corrupted. I would say four out of five discs that you tried (laughs) to burn on that. It it resulted in an error. Like it was the worst. (laughs) I don't miss that. (laughs) God bless your patience and genius. It was also like, so you have to understand this was an analog setup. And when I say analog, I mean, this wasn't you had a computer with, you know, a, a, a track that you would put together like I would do now when I'm editing the podcast, say it, it wasn't that you, you had a computer and you would, you know, just set the tracks that you wanted to burn to burn to the CD like would become commonplace not long after. No, this was an analog setup, which meant that there were just a couple of audio cables plugged into the back of this burner this CD burner and you'd put in the disc and you'd press record and it would spin up and, and after a few seconds start recording. So you had to time it right at the start of the track. So you didn't start every CD track with a whole bunch of blank space, or you didn't start it, you know, a few seconds into what you were recording. You wanted to make sure you timed everything properly. And so then you would have to go separately to whatever you were playing it off of. In my case, usually a reel to reel player a four track reel to reel and you would have to like start that and it would just play through and record whatever was playing through the system. And then if you wanted, if you had multiple things that you wanted to make as different tracks, you had to like, you could either pause it, which was not necessarily the best idea or more commonly there was a button that you could just press to like denote the, the break between tracks, like a new track. And then it would take a couple of seconds to, to, you know, put in that break. And then you'd have to make sure whatever you timed out was, it was a whole thing. It was a huge hassle and a huge headache. I loved editing stuff on that reel to reel. I hated working with that CDR with a passion. You kids have no idea how good you have it now with the world of digital. You kids with your iTunes and your YouTubes and your dag neb phones. It's true. Really? Your cell phone nowadays. I mean, we just re- we just celebrated the 50th anniversary of the moon launch. I mean, we sent men to the moon and back again safely in 1969. And they were saying that all of the technology that they had in that capsule that kept them alive and got them to and from safely, you could fit all of that technology into not only a cell phone, but like th- those little smartwatch thingies. It, it's insane how just in, in the matter of 50 years and God bless NASA and, and technology and all that stuff. So it's really quite remarkable. Um, I had so, a beeper, yeah. James. When I was a senior in yeah. college, I had a beeper. I did too. <laughs> and, and and the first cell phone I had was like the size of a brick. Yeah. But I anyway. Ah. Uh, yeah. Oh man. Yeah, we're we're old. <laughs> Bye, cracky. I hit the big four one a couple months ago, and um, yeah, it's all downhill. <laughs> it's like Fred Flintstone with the dinosaur powered, uh, you know, the the bird 
like with the the thing and the I don't know. If you've seen the Flintstones, you know what I'm talking about. If not, I just sound like a raving lunatic. Well, I mean, I'm not discounting the possibility that I sound like a raving lunatic anyway, but I mean, I don't know. So getting back to our good pal, Bobby Hauser, he's considered one of the greatest or, or best deck hockey players in the country. And so because of that, the World Ball Hockey Federation based in Toronto asked him to be the ambassador of deck hockey to go to China and spend about a year there teaching deck hockey to kids and and spreading the word in anticipation of the 2022 Olympic Games that will be held in Beijing. So by the time that happens, they will be quite familiar with the sport of hockey. The reason why they use deck hockey, of course, is that it's much easier and much cheaper than ice hockey and also the facilities. They apparently, in, in China, ice hockey rinks are pretty rare. And even in our country, we could vouch for that, that uh, the few ice hockey rinks that we have, at least in, in our neck of the woods in New York area, in the tri-state area, it's really hard to get on because there's either a lot of people on it or there are games being played. And so it's really quite, and, and you have to play on the ice, so you have to wait. Deck hockey, on the other hand, if you have an open place, a parking lot or something, place that's clean and flat, have at it. You know, he could be in a gym. It could be anywhere, basically. So that's the other reason why they wanted to use the deck hockey route as opposed to the ice hockey route. James, I thought only Nixon could go to China. I feel like Spock lied to me. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. It's uh, I guess the NHL is looking to hedge its bets because the NHLers aren't going to be playing in the uh, upcoming Olympics, correct? Yeah, darned if I know. I don't think they are. I, I think that, especially with the last couple of years when they had the alternative world, uh, I can't remember the, the name of the tournament offhand, but where they had the uh, international tournaments being played instead of the Olympics, the uh, world, I can't think of it right now. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Anyhow, I don't think that the, the professionals are going to be playing in the upcoming 2022 hockey Olympics games. Well, that's okay. I mean, the professionals didn't play in 1980, and we know how that turned out. Yeah, you know, that, that's true, too. And you want to give a break, or at least a chance, to some of these young players and, and non-professionals, and hopefully give them a chance to show their skills, show their pride in their country, and maybe even make it to an NHL uh, roster, or, you know, the, the, the leagues in Europe are pretty darn good, too. So maybe they can make it there, and if it grows in China... It'll be truly international and all around the globe. So it just seems like a win-win for everybody. But that's pretty cool for this young man to represent his sport that we know is so popular here in North America anyway. So really quite remarkable and incredible opportunity. And Hauser jumped on it too. He has a lot of sacrifices to make going out there for a year. But he said it was too exciting to to pass up, and it's something that he didn't want to regret not doing in the future. No, of course not. I mean, you only get so many opportunities in life to do something really special, usually, and you have to grab them. You know, these things don't come around every day. And and this is, you're actually like, this is somebody who is going over to a really repressive country and acting as an ambassador for basically a whole new sport. Like, He is selling ball hockey to one of the most populous countries in the world. So it's like 
there's a lot of pressure here. I, I, I don't know if he's going over feeling that pressure, uh, but it's it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, very well said, American Rhino. Also, too, that they say that the organizations are helping out, making it easier. They are looking to build at least two ball hockey-specific rinks that are uh, in the process of being finished in Beijing. Also, in the Canadian Embassy in China, of course, they plan on having pickup games every Friday. And hopefully, with that, it could spread throughout the entire country They're looking for a goal of around six months for the ball hockey bug to catch on and spread throughout China. So they seem to have the uh, groundwork done and away they go. Well, the ignorant pessimist in me says if the government tells their people that ball hockey is going to spread, then ball hockey is going to spread. But (laughs) I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, hopefully there won't be any tanks looking to run over any deck hockey players that are brave enough to stand in front of them. So good luck, guys. I mean, you know, that's that. that I think that's a situation where you just have to kind of yell car and let it go by. <laughs> tank. <laughs> I don't know what the Chinese word for tank is, but you, you get it. Yeah. And we're going to stay in China because one of the best players in the world is uh, representing the big league of the NHL. I think he was there for like a week or two was Alex Ovechkin. But the thing that caught our eye was the fact that he was teaching ball hockey to the young people of China. Game on! (laughs) So when the great eight is uh, spreading the word of his passion, you're going to listen. So about a 90 minute ball hockey clinic was held for around 60 kids and they all embraced Alex Ovechkin. They enjoyed it. They had fun. And he taught them from soup to nuts, you know, ball handling and stick handling and um, the rules and showing off his slap shot, which I couldn't imagine being that close to Alex Ovechkin and watching him show off his skills like that must have been a thrill and a half. So I think that they are doing a good job, as good a job as can be. And yes, there are some pitfalls and and. and problems and barriers to overcome but when you have the nhl behind it you have the olympics behind it and you have the world ball hockey federation behind it too hopefully everybody could just get along have fun and get more ball hockey fans out there and maybe maybe hit the deck and uh, be picked up by somebody out there in the canadian embassy of china I tell you what, when Alex Ovechkin takes a slap shot and then smiles at you, you're going to take a few steps back. That's a cautionary tale right there is what that is. <laughs> that, that's a good point when you look at it that way that, yeah, hockey is a very tough sport and it takes an incredible amount of sacrifice. So bear that in mind. And, and Ovechkin is easy. He's a strong guy and tough guy. So he's been at it his whole life. But it's true. That's make sure you have a mouthpiece and and get that helmet on, kids. I also assume that the Chinese kids do not start booing at the eight minute mark as we Ranger fans do whenever <laughs> Ovechkin is playing. Yeah, we got to teach him the ins and outs of, of the sport. <laughs> that's the real intricacies. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's more of a day two thing. You know that that's uh. That's that's the advanced course, I think. <laughs> that's a good point. And also, I'm curious if our good pal Gritty, if, if maybe he made an appearance over there. I think that would be way too much for the Chinese people to handle for, for Gritty. But 
Maybe we could prepare them for that. James, we already owe China so much money. Do you really want to send Gritty over there and start a war? <laughs> no. Why, do, why would you want to antagonize them? I was kind of hoping maybe they would be scared and, and let us off the hook. I, I don't know. I, well, I mean, I don't know if Gritty's making it out of China. <laughs> if he walks in there, they won't know what to make of him. They'll probably think he's some kind of American devil and uh, just, you know, lock him away in, in some Chinese work camp for the rest of his unnatural life. <laughs> I mean, that's my prediction. I, obviously, I'm, I'm just spitballing here. I have no idea. Last minute remaining in the podcast. All right. And <laughs> yeah, okay. I think that's as good a place as any to wrap up. And, and that's, yeah, I, I, before we get into any more trouble, uh, where I wouldn't say we've been exactly straddling the line of cultural sensitivity as it is. So let's, let's cut our losses and, and just, uh, let's take this one home. So we would of course like to thank you, dear listener, as always for listening to this podcast, because if it weren't for you, then there would be no hit the deck podcast to listen to. And so we are gracious and grateful for your time and efforts to that end. We would also like to thank Anthony Sajazi for his efforts in providing us with music. And if you listener would like to contribute in some way yourselves to the podcast, whether that be a comment or a suggestion or a, I don't know, rude remark. I mean, I wouldn't encourage that one, but it's a free country. If you'd like to come at us in some way with something we have so many ways in which you can do that. We would encourage you to email us at hitthedeck at gmail.com. Deck is spelled D-E-K. Hitthedeck at gmail.com. We can be tweeted at at hitthedeckpod. We are at hitthedeck on Facebook and Instagram. And you can check out my piece of the crag on the <laughs> grams if you go back far enough. And uh, you can obviously subscribe to us we would encourage you to do that subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode whenever it comes out it's right there for you and subscribe to our youtube because we hope to have something special in the next few weeks up there and when it goes up you will want to have at that thing so that is what you can do dear listener james is there anything that you care to add yes thank you of course Back here in the States, looking for places to play deck, please check out the Columbus Deck Hockey Association, the Charlotte Street Hockey League, Raleigh Street Hockey League, the Bar Hockey League, the DCSH and DCHL, and also please donate to LaGrange Hockey and thank you. Thank you, James. And as always, dear listener, we will thank you here at the end of the podcast in our customary manner. We will thank you to remember that... Whether you are building a brand new rink or building international goodwill, whether you are learning a brand new sport or learning how to say gritty is terrifying in Mandarin, regardless of what you find yourself doing, I'd always encourage you to remember it's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. I'm sorry. I don't want to laugh at your. No, bite, it's all right. But. James, laugh at my pain. Embrace it. No, I can't. <laughs> Schadenfreude, James. There was a whole song about it in Avenue Q. I'm sorry if the worst has to bring it out of you, but God bless you. No, it's fine. Really, it's fine. <laughs> <sighs>